Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but why? here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> This is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. It's a happy day. It's a happy day. Lots of uh, happy tears, crusty socks, celebrations in the street, people are honking horns. We were due for a dub. We were truly due for a dub. It was, uh, it's been a rough stretch for quite time. It's basically been a rough stretch since like game three of the ALCS in 2021. Like that might have been the last time that I felt joy. Was that, was game three the Schwarber Grand Slam game? Yes. Okay. That was the last time I was happy, I think, until, until we saw the Rafael Devers news. Uh, and I'll, I'll I'll eat my words here. I I, will, I don't know. I'll, I'll try and pull up the exact tweet, but I can paraphrase what I said. I more or less gave it no shot. I gave it no fucking shot. And, and I kind of go back to what happened with the whole Xander Bogart situation. How people were like, you said you felt good about it. And then he didn't fucking sign here and blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's because things change. Like, it's not just things are not just set in stone and then they just go that way. Things fucking change. With Xander Bogarts, the Red Sox thought that they were going to get something done with six and 160, 170, 180. They thought they were going to get this done. And then the Padres were just like the Kool Aid man again. They just fucking crashed through the wall with 11 years and 280. And, and that was just absolute chaos. With Devers, you were in a situation where you were, you were lucky that you're the only team that gets to talk to him right now. So if you put $331 million on the table, that's what the how, like the third biggest contract of all time? Six. Sixth biggest contract of all time. Uh, that's a lot of fucking money. And it makes it really difficult uh, for a player to look at that and say, yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm going to turn that down and bet on my damn self. Like Aaron Judge, like that contract was what? Two, what 207? What was it? It was, was uh, 213. 213.5 over seven. Okay. So, I mean, if you're Devers, you're like, hey, we just blew that contract out of the water. Uh, so when I was tweeting something to the effect of, I don't think that this is going to fucking happen. Uh, it wasn't like a take it to the bank thing. It was more, let, let's read between the lines here with where the Red Sox were at, where Devers was at, where the market was at, and all of that spelled out, this ain't fucking happening. There's no fucking way. So when we had that report about the Red Sox endeavors being galaxies apart, that's because they were galaxies apart. And, and I will read you uh, a text message that I got, uh, I believe it was uh, yesterday, the day, the day of the signing. And just to give you some perspective on how quickly these things can change and evolve. Uh, This said, they got super aggressive after all the backlash. It wasn't even like they inched up. They just raised it by nearly $100 million. So 
to all the people out there, they're like, no, the Red Sox always had a plan. The Red Sox, they always had a plan. They were always going to do this. Not true. <laughs> like it's just it, I, maybe maybe they would have gotten there eventually, but the idea that fans pissing and moaning and the backlash and not renewing season tickets and and all this shit and and just not having any buzz in the city anymore, do you think that that really doesn't have an effect on on decision making within those walls? You're wrong. Like it you being pissed off, all the pissing and moaning that we did, all the people telling me how negative that I was, I was helping. All the people that were like, oh no, trust the process and fucking let's go, let Heim cook and the Red Sox are going in a great direction. Fuck you. You're part of the problem. If you piss and moan, like at the end of the day, the lesson here is bullying works, pissing and moaning works. And putting your foot down and demanding better at the end of the day, that works. Rafael Devers, 11 years, 331 million fucking dollars. He's in the Boston Red Sox organization until he's 30 goddamn six. Tyler. Peter. First off. Oh, Pete. No, I mean, I mean, my response was just going to be. Yeah, of, of course. Like that, and we've talked about this. Like this, one of my biggest gripes about the front office is that they are so reactive. Like they do dumb shit, and then people get pissed about it, and then they try to do damage control, and they they like spend money where they shouldn't or whatever, and they try to get back in your good graces. That's what I was hoping wouldn't happen with the Xander stuff, where it was just like, oh, we're not going to give Xander the money, but then people are going to be pissed, so they'll like give out a ton of money to somebody else. I'm glad that it the, the somebody else was Raffy here, um, but it doesn't surprise me whatsoever that they would adjust to backlash because we've seen it before. We've seen it before several times. So that does not surprise me whatsoever. No, it, it was what two or three months ago, maybe four at this point at the end of the year, when Jared is telling us some of the things are happening at Fenway, some of the things he's hearing. And within an hour or two from the podcast dropping, we have quotes straight to Ken Rosenthal, you know, trying to shut down whatever rumors or talk is going on at that time surrounding Heim Bloom and how the organization felt about him. It's so clear. You think they enjoy every single night MLB Network laughing at you? Like, how many times over the last two weeks have you seen a clip gone viral from them of saying the Red Sox are a disaster? The Red Sox have no plan. They don't know what they're doing. They're, you know, number one or number two on every offseason loser column that you can find out there on any platform. It's been a really, really bad time. And even I think, you know, there's a very small select group of fans who, you know, the Red Sox will never do anything wrong. Everything's always been right. And those are the same people that started trashing on Raphael Devers the last couple of weeks, trying to say, well, look at his body. You don't want him here. Oh, yeah. You were the same people celebrating like the rest of us and thanking God that Raphael Devers got extended yesterday. So some people will run with whatever narrative the organization feeds them or at least looks like just so they can try to stick by their side. Yeah, this front or this ownership group is extremely sensitive. They've always proved to be that way. We've seen them, whether it was with Ben Charrington and Completely threw him out midseason. Said, you know what? We're going to 180 everything we've been building for for years, and we're going to switch to Dave Dombrowski. That's their history. Finally, it took a long time to get to this point. And I think to some degree, did they have to make this move? Yeah. But the way this ownership group has been acting in recent times, we saw when the Xander Bogarts thing fell through, 
They had no plan B. They were unsure of everything, and they've been caught in the middle for a lot of this offseason. It's just nice to finally have some clarity, and it's not going to change 2023 or anything like that, but to see a plan, to understand there's something moving forward that's coming together, there's a foundation in place, that's the relief. That's the relief people are excited about, but... Why are you surprised? This ownership group's been here for you know yeah. over two decades. You think they're going to change? No, they've been basically the same way. And like the react, the reactive portion of it, like they, they are definitely a reactive ownership group. The reactive portion of it too plays into why they lost Xander. Like they didn't, they didn't take the initiative to put the good offer out there early, early on. They reacted to what he was getting from the market uh, in free agency. And then it got to a point where he got a, an absurd deal that they weren't going to react to, which they probably shouldn't have. But like they were waiting for other people to make their move and then reacting to that. Uh, and, I'll, and now like they're reacting to the backlash. Yeah, I'll even throw in the June Lee thing. The Red Sox weren't really interested in keeping Bogarts along in the spring. Over the course of the season, when things played out poorly and everyone was crapping on the Red Sox and then, oh, the fan base was, you know, pounding the table again and again about Bogarts, they changed. They said, oh, yeah, we, we actually do want this guy. And like Jared said, they thought they were going to get him. They thought they were going to up it by a year and we'd be all sitting here. Bogarts, you know, six, seven years, right at 200. And then the Padres came in like the Kool-Aid man. It's always reactive. And it's a fair complaint about the plan not being able to stay there and be consistent. But hey, we got Rafael Devers here. It's just don't be surprised. People don't change like that. And that's who this ownership group is. They're going to react depending on what the weather is and how the fan base is screaming. But more yeah. importantly, the, the, the takeaway here is that bullying works. Yep. You, can, you, can bully, you can bully people into good results. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, when was the Winter Classic? Monday. Uh, Tuesday. Or Monday. 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 Okay. So uh, I was told that the deal actually came together on Monday, which was the day that fans booed John Henry at Fenway Park. So, uh, like, obviously, there were there were whispers about it Tuesday, Wednesday, and then and then it really started heating up on Thursday, and then ultimately came to fruition. Wait, no, came to fruition on Wednesday. Um, this actually was officially happening on Monday. So the day that John Henry was getting booed at Fenway Park was the day that. Uh, the Red Sox essentially got this done. Like this was uh this was a formality following Monday. Uh, but I just, I love the idea of John Henry getting booed and then like sitting down in his seat and just sending a text. All right, cool. Up at a hundred mil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that's essentially, I, I don't know the order of events when they upped it like that, but that's, that's the rumor. That's the rumor is that overnight they basically bumped it a hundred mil. It's that when when we were told that it was galaxies apart, it's because it was galaxies apart. And then once they saw the backlash, they were like, fucking bump that shit a hundred million. <laughs> but I, like as much as I make fun of John Henry, I feel like I, I may operate in the same way where it's like you know what? Fuck you. If, <laughs> if I give you a hundred million dollars, will you stop being mean to me? And <laughs> yeah. uh, it would work. Yeah. If well, I had that much money, I think that that's the way that I would operate. Just think you win four rings here. Uh, and that doesn't excuse what's been going on here. But you win four rings and still it feels like none of this fan base likes you. They don't. They just shit on you every time they bring you up. They want you gone. They're asking you to sell the team large portions of the fan base. 
And you're at the point where there was no excuse. And I think the Red Sox partially realizes there's no excuse. No front office guy. You can't throw this on Heim. And we've seen there's been certain things. Some of the Mookie Betts stuff in that June Lee article where they, you know, some of that blame got pushed a little bit to his side uh, saying, you know, we didn't ask him to trade Mookie specifically, you know, but we knew what the situation was when he came in here. It's just one of those spots now with John Henry in this ownership group where I just lost my train of thought. Where was I going? What are these were we just talking about? Ownership group. Before that? About something about what June Lee wrote. Pete, what did you just say? Uh, I said that I would <laughs> give somebody $100 million to stop being mean to me. Oh, yeah. That $100 million. <laughs> and we see where that ownership, that's not a Hein Bloom thing. Hein Bloom didn't just certainly no. change his evaluation by $100 million. That's nope. John Henry saying, all right, I'm actually going to put the fucking money on the table. Yeah, I mean, and, if, there, if there is ever a, 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 a clear-cut evidence that this is not a Hein Bloom thing, it's, you don't just suddenly find $100 million in the budget if you're the general manager. No, it, it, and that's the thing here. We've been sitting here, and I know some people wanted to immediately say thank you, Heim Bloom, or whatever yesterday. Trust me, as a Heim guy, I'd love to be that person. But you can't. We've sit here, we've sat here and called the whole Raphael Devers situation an ownership thing for the past couple months. It's why we spent so much time on this topic. The ownership group stepped up. They finally actually put their wallet on the table and acted like any other owner in the right market who has a guy entering his prime at age 26, who's one of the best hitters in all of baseball, has the most extra hit or extra base hits since 2019 in the entire sport, the most doubles. Anybody with a brain, any guy, Hein Bloom, whoever you want, talking, you know, leading a front office or whatever it may be, they don't even have to think. Of course, they pay Rafael Devers, but it wasn't a Bloom decision in that way. There's plenty of, you know, fault you can put on Bloom for the Bogart situation, the Devers situation. It was fully in ownership's hands. The way that I looked at this also is very, it was similar to the Mookie Betts situation, but under different circumstances. With Mookie Betts, you're talking about a player where if you're not going to pay Mookie, then who are you going to pay? Right. And then with Xander, not the same thing. You're talking about a player that's going into age 31 season, age 31 or 32, Tyler? Age 31. Age right? 31 season. Uh, you, you can point to the, the hard hit ball metrics and, and things that are in decline and whatever with Xander Bogarts. And you can talk yourself into like, okay, fine. If you're not going to give Xander Bogarts 200 and something million dollars, then that money needs to be allocated somewhere else. Uh, and where would it go? Obviously it would be Rafael Devers. If they didn't pay Rafael Devers, you would ask yourself the same question that you would have asked during the Mookie Betts saga. If you're not going to pay Devers, who the fuck are you going to pay? And it was more prominent with Devers, I would argue, than with Mookie Betts. Because with Mookie Betts, yes, you can point to what the Mets are doing. The Mets are spending a fuck ton of money. They're blowing past the luxury tax threshold. They're paying over $100 million just in tax penalties. That's a Steve Cohen thing. Like I, I, I like the fact that it's putting up pressure on other owners to spend money, but I get why owners aren't blowing past the luxury tax threshold and paying over $100 million in taxes because they want it to be profitable. Right. There was no precedent for that when like the Red Sox didn't want to do it. Right. And, and, and it, so, like, I can that, swallow that. And like, right. I can, that's fine. Like if, if, like if you want the margins, whatever, like you are essentially running a business with this, this major league baseball team. That's fine. So with Mookie Betts, tough pill to swallow, but there's a, just, a justification behind it. But that brings us to now. You traded David Price along with Mookie Betts to get under the luxury tax threshold so that you could now get to a point 
where you could dish out the 300 plus million dollar contract. You weren't going to spend, or you could have, it it was an option, but the Red Sox decided we're not going to spend half a billion dollars on two players. Okay, pick one. Devers was the guy. Fine. $331 million. If they did not do that, which when the report, when did that, that was, that was still the month of December, right? The galaxies apart report, Tyler. Yeah, that was before Christmas. Okay. Yeah. So that was right on the heels of the, the Xander stuff. Okay. That was galaxies apart was after Xander went to San Diego. Correct. Yes. December 20th, 2022. I thought like first week of December. That's why everybody was like, this is just not going to happen. Like they just lost Xander. They're still galaxies apart on Devers. Like, What's it going to take to to knock some common sense into the the brain here? And mm-hmm. I, I like I I was fully fully uh, convinced that Devers was going to be gone, dude. I, like I'm I, I obviously didn't say it on the podcast because I was trying my best to not be negative, trying my best. But after the galaxies apart thing, after losing Xander. I was like, this team is not going to compete in, again in my lifetime, or at least under this ownership group. No, if this it, is the new direction of the Boston Red Sox, they're not going to compete. Like you can't, you cannot compete in this league for a championship if you're not somewhere in the top ten in payroll. Like you, you've got to spend the money, especially just even I just disagree. to retain I your disagree. own fucking guys. I disagree, guys. but like to, con- to contend will be like a really fucking special season. Like, like oh, better hold on to this one because you never know when you're going to get another one. Like that yeah. would be the way that, that we would approach this team. I think you can maybe strike lightning in a bottle. With with like one team, when, maybe when you're like, not top those 10. teams don't win championships. Those no. teams get there, and maybe right. you can get hot at the right time. But like, look at the Houston Astros. It's like, yeah, they have a lot of homegrown guys, but they supplement it by paying right. guys. Like it's, it, it, and they had to tank for all those years to even get to the point where the farm system was that sustainable. Yeah. You know, you're the Boston Red Sox. You have no excuse. You're not the Houston Astros. You're one of the premier franchises, the biggest franchises in the entire sport, if not yeah. the entire world. And, and and like I think the more frustrating thing, if you were to go down that path, was would be that this ownership group has shown a willingness to spend a whole lot of money on this team in the past, and then at some point they fucking change their mind. It, like and it'd the, be one thing if you were stuck with an ownership group that it made it clear that like they were operating the business in one certain way or another, and that's just the way that it's going to be. Like you got to, you know, you can like it or you, you don't, but this is the way that that we run things. For me, the frustration came from at some point ownership group was like, "This is not important." Coley, holy shit, Coley, Coley oh, fit treadmill. That's right. Coley's on the fucking treadmill right now. (laughs) You uh, you got any takes? Uh, About what specifically? Uh, We're talking Red Sox right now. Sox? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think it's good. Yeah. Overall, good. I really fucking hate for the Raymer Alex. Yeah. Trainers, yeah, 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 what yeah. a fucking people! People in this city race to the worst take possible as soon as something happens, and being like, "Well, Kyle Bloom made a choice. He chose Rafi, not Xander." It's like that. What happens is, is that what the last twelve months have told us that he chose here. Well, it's like we didn't we didn't just negotiate with Xander and offer him. A deal he would have taken in March if they offered it in March. 
That, yeah, the negotiating with Xander, they definitely blew that. But but like they didn't blow it in the winter. They blew it in spring training. Like that's yeah. where the fault is. You miss. He would have taken that Jose Altuve extension. The issue with guys like that is they don't pay attention to any of this. And then, you know, once something actually happens and they have to talk about it, they just draw the easiest, simple conclusion you can pull there. It was clear they were planning to hopefully get Xander done and hopefully Devers done this offseason. That was the plan. It blew up in their fucking face because they took the risk. But come on, let's not pretend. Let's not start rewriting history here. In a perfect world, they could have had both. Th- awesome. That was the goal. That's when Heim Bloom came here and everything in ownership. That was what they said. We'll sell you. We got to move off Mookie so that we have the financial flexibility for Bogarts, for Devers. It's a travesty. They fucked up Bogarts. At least getting Devers, he was always the most important one, the youngest part. But man, you know, you didn't come through on the whole promise, but you came through on the biggest part of it. So, you know, you get some credit for that. Also, where did the where did the rhymer take come in? Because I just checked his Twitter and I don't see it. So did he delete? Coley it retweeted take? it earlier. Yeah, it was EDI tweeted it out. I, I wanted oh, okay. to Classic. see who I, I went. I saw the headline, knew it was garbage. Checked the writer and was like, "Yep, this tracks." Um, so yeah, that was bad. But I, like, I'm waiting for the. You know, that, Devers actually never liked Xander. That that article's coming. That's coming real soon. Yeah, would you uh, say like the the article that they didn't really like each other? <laughs> yeah, that's coming. So like Xander's like, I'm so happy you got all this money, my brother. And people are going to be like, interesting. He's already counting his pockets. Really, really hates this fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, that's what I saw all over Twitter. It was like, oh, enjoy that Rafael Devers contract. Here's Pablo Sandoval in spring training six years ago. This is what he's going to look like. You're the same fucking people crapping on this organization, calling it, calling it poverty, rightfully so, for not paying their players. They finally pay one of the most premier bats in all of baseball, one of the best young bats in the game, and you're complaining? You'll find anything. People will find anything. His last... Since 2019, Saps, he's a top 10 hitter in every category, Everything. if not top in <laughs> some of them. Like, he's legitimately one of the best hitters in the league. I'm, I'm, I said it last night, too. It's like, this is the first season. So, 2018, they win the World Series. 2019, immediately. Was that like the 11-game West Coast road trip? 2019 was when we we looked at the schedule and saw that trip and we were like season's over. It was it was it was like the summer of 2018 when they they it was in August they released the 2019 schedule. We were like we better win the World Series this year because next year it's, we're already mathematically eliminated. And there was that cloud of Mookie hanging over the sea. Like he had that like late late season walk off and it was just like that was the last game of the that was the last right. game of the season. Right, and it was just like, well, this feels like a weird departure. Like, it, you knew that. Like, that hung over the entire 19 season. He gets traded right before 20, and it's fucking a 60-game season. So, that was a weird season. 21, they make basically the World Series. I don't know why people keep glossing over that when they recant, recount Pine Bloom's tenure here. Lucky. It's like, Come this on, has been Coley. a last-place team since he walked in the door, but that's not true. Um but even going into the playoffs, you had your boys, Jared and Tyler, being like, don't watch this team. They don't deserve it. Don't watch the playoffs. Hey, <laughs> no one killed, dude. No one killed those guys more than Tyler fucking Milliken. If you yeah, check the I history, too. Felger and Mads were playing my clips back for hours. I gave that show hours of content, <laughs> shitting on them for putting the nails in the coffin, Jim Murray. I remember. I won't forget. Um, 
But oh my god, they wanted the Red Sox to fail I remember, so like, badly. People were getting pissed at me over there because I was like siding with Lou. <laughs> They're like you motherfucker. Like you, you, like I don't even think they're hot. No. The hottest take that came out of the sports hub during that era <laughs> on the afternoon program was that the uh, City Connect jerseys were corny and that the Red Sox were fucking lame for wearing them when they were fucking winning in them, man. Every game. How are you complaining about them winning in them? <laughs> Wouldn't lose. Would not lose a single game. Get out of here. And uh, so then, and then you go into the next season and it's just like, well, what's happening with Xander? What are we doing with Xander? So if there hasn't been a normal cloudless season since 2018. So I'm looking forward to 23. They're not being, because it's, it's every game. You talked about it when Xander left, how looking back, how bad that season was in terms of uncomfortability in the locker room. So I'm looking forward to a season where it just doesn't, like, is anyone going to be, like, hammering Chris Sale? Like, hey, your extension's almost up in two. Like, no, that's not going to happen. That's done. So we can just focus on a mediocre to maybe good baseball team. I like where the pitching's at. I like where the relieving's at. Uh, I hate the lineup. I think the lineup's terrible. (laughs) I am so bad. Every time I look at it, I'm like, Jesus Christ, there's a lot of outs in this lineup. Um, You know who I I feel really bad for? I feel really bad for Yoshida because they're turning Yoshida into like, you guys are are overlooking how good this guy's going to be. Like, they're setting him up to be like the best hitter in the fucking world. And if he's anything less than that, people are going to be like, fucking bust. This guy sucks. That's coming anyway. I think that's unavoidable. Like, he, like, the, the, but the the more and more you hear about how bad their offseason has been, the more and more pressure gets put on Yoshida. To so be much. to be like an unbelievable player. If Xander was still here and Yoshida got signed, we're like, man, this guy's awesome. No matter what. Yeah. But the fact that he's like the only new him and Justin Turner are the two new faces, it's just like, right, we got the geriatric and the guy who's never played baseball in, in this country before. Let's see how it goes. Like well, I fucking hate to line up so much. I'm telling you, the storyline will be when we get to spring training. Yoshida's now playing in the World Baseball Classic. That will be the storyline. That First he's now showing. Yeah. He didn't show he, up to the Red Sox spring training. That's going to yeah. be it. People are going to say, oh, how is he going to make the transition? Does he even really want to be here? He's more focused on that. Reality is, come on. Trevor Story is going to be there. Kike, Devers. Like, come on. Everyone's joining in on this. Everyone wants to be part of the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I, I got, I got right. no problem People with will harp on that. That will be the storyline. Yeah. Dan Shaughnessy will be all over that. <laughs> oh, Dan Shaughnessy has not tweeted since Raphael Devers got extended, by the way. Yeah, because it doesn't fit his narrative. Where is he? Is he okay? Have you texted him, Jared? Is he alive? I have not spoken to Dan Shaughnessy in, in quite some time. Wellness check, please. Somebody. I'm worried yeah. for that man's health. What's, Poor Dan Shaughnessy. What's next before the season starts? Is there still... Like they need a shortstop. Yeah, I think that there's. Mean. They need a shortstop. I I feel like they there there will be a trade. I I don't know. That's not like a Jerry Scoop Shop. I feel like you guys would obviously know that this is the Jerry Scoop Shop in totality on this particular episode. Uh, I know that they like we'll, we'll obviously get into like the Marlins stuff. Like they were linked to the Marlins and trading Tristan Casas and um there being like some starting pitching maybe coming back, but. I'm kind of like in the Coley camp where like, yeah, I'd obviously love to have an ace starter, but they do still need a shortstop. And I'm kind of not joking where like I, I, I wouldn't, 
I I would be fine if they just signed Jose Iglesias. <laughs> like I just want a shortstop. Like I do really you do. want him. Do you want him playing shortstop here, Jared, and just keep Story at second, or would you push yeah. him back to second and say, "Screw it, we're going to let Story"? No, shortstop. I want Jose Iglesias at shortstop. I want Trevor Story at second base. Uh, I because then it's like you can basically keep bringing Jose Iglesias back on one year deals until Marcel Meyer's ready. Yeah, the, the way I look at it is. If you're going to trade for like Hassong Kim, okay, that's a totally different conversation to me. That's someone the Red Sox put a strong bid on before 2021. They like the guy. The hit profile fits Fenway Park beautifully. He looks like he could come here and thrive. Are they going to give up what it costs? Probably not because they can't pull off two significant trades, it looks like. It's going to probably be one if they're going to get what they want. And it's probably not going to be a Brian Reynolds type because they want someone like Brian Bayo. And the Red Sox are like, uh, no Bayo, I'll give you Tanner Houck. So that brings you down a tier. It's just if you're going to trade for Miguel Rojas or Joey Wendell, is it that big of a gap? I know Rojas is ridiculous defensively, but I love the him. bat was really bad last year. Hmm. And what I know he sign, had. Some, what if you sign Carlos Correa? <laughs> that, oh, my God. The fluids, <laughs> the fluids. I would cry tears <laughs> of joy. So, it'd be so funny if yeah, they still ended up signing Carlos Correa. This I could is, give a uh, fuck less what that medical report says, man. If he wants the way out, we will take him today. Uh, that would be so fucking fun. Give me peg leg Carlos Correa, please. We're recording this on Thursday. I feel pretty good about there being a resolution to the Correa thing tonight, for better or for worse. Whoa. <clears throat> what does for worse mean? <laughs> like, just like falling Means- out with the fully falling out with the Mets or what? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. Say, like, I don't know which die? way it's going to go. Like, he just can't sign anywhere. Yeah. I, I was just told. Um, he's gonna go play in the KBO. That, a, that a, 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 a resolution was expected, quote, relatively soon, but we're not sure if it's a good resolution. So I, I will say that would be the most Red Sox thing of all time with them like constantly trying to pick different plans right now and stick to one. If Carlos Correa ended up slipping out and then they had to go over the luxury tax to do it. The most Red Sox thing of all time would be if they were the third team to sign him this offseason and every team passed on him because of his medicals and then he fucking hurt himself in spring training and never played a game. (laughs) (laughs) It would listen. it would also be a very funny reaction to be like, "Ooh, man, the fans really like when we sign good players, huh? Like this yeah. Devers reaction is, <laughs> we like this. Who else can we get? And there's fucking Carlos Correa. Give him $400 million. Sure. It, no if he's us. looking for that crazy AAV deal, four, five, six, let's do it. I, I would love to have that conversation. Um, but I don't know. I think when it comes to where the Red Sox are right now, they told us they're not going to go over the luxury tax this year. That's where they stand. That's why they took Native Aldi's offer off the table from him. Uh, hey, why are we going to pay a pitcher who's probably going to give us his best year this upcoming year when we're not going to be competing you know, with the top teams in baseball? So when it comes to the Marlins now, if you can go get Edward Cabrera, I'm, a, I'm lower on Pablo Lopez, I think, before because you know he has two years of team control. You're talking about a guy that you're trying to contend you go get him. But is it Edward Cabrera? Is it Jesus Lazardo? Trevor Rogers? And then you say, we're going to build a young trio of starters and Bayo Whitlock, this third piece. And hopefully a year from now, we can say we have one of the most bright young rotations in baseball. I, I have high hopes of Brian Bayo being the, the 2020 version of Sixto Sanchez. Fat? <laughs> Just don't die. You mean fat? What? Sixto Sanchez got super fat. 
He's fat? Oh, oh yes. Yeah. He's a big boy. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't fat in 2020. Was that his good year? Yeah. Now he's the blimp. Named mm-hmm. after good year. You know who got fat? Um, Me? Michael Pineda. You got fat too? Ben. Um, <laughs> the, looking at free agents, like I've never seen so many top free agent pitchers. If you look towards the next three years, there are multiple ones and twos set to be available. Some of those guys, of course, will resign before they ever hit free agency. Who? Some of those guys won't. Name names. I mean, not all these guys I like, but like Aaron Nola, uh, your boy Tyler Glass now. Dylan's, uh, all the White Sox pitchers, all the Astros pitchers, all the Astros pitchers hit for agency simultaneously. Framber, Christian Javier, like the whole rotation hits for agency simultaneously. Kopik hits for agency. Cease, who's the other fucking guy they got? Giolito. Julio Urias is going to... Uh, oh, Giolito, yeah. Yeah, Urias, yep. the other guy. Um, He's next year. There's someone else next year. Oh, uh, Flaherty from St. Louis. He gets Ooh. free agency next year. He would come here. He fucking loves it here. He Gotta would stay come healthy. here and so would Glasnow the next year. So there's two. Oh, Glasnow would be here in a fucking heartbeat. Uh, that's why I was pissed he took that extent, that one-year extension last year. Just kicked his can down the road. I know. Fucking idiot. I'm going to... Yeah. Yeah. So there's two. If Bayo hits and Whitlock hits, there's four. The, the goal right now in my mind is the Red Sox around Rafael Devers need to make as competitive and as attractive a team for one of two players. Because Heim just announced, hey, I'll give out one of these 11-year deals. You just got to be 26. And in two years as a 26-year-old, and in three years as a 26-year-old. Juan Soto and Vladdy Jr. One of those guys needs to be the prize. Well, I'm Jake tell- Peavy said on LB Network, right? He was like, I could see them now like slotting Juan Soto into this lineup and like look at all like the fucking the on base uh, potential. It's like, yeah, talk dirty to me, Jake Peavy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reality of like this whole situation, though. Losing out on Bogarts and that blowing up, that set you back a year or two. If you had missed out on Devers, you set yourself back four or five years. But isn't, that, you- isn't that what we've always said, though? Like, as long as they have a plan, we can be patient. As long as there's a framework of a plan, I'm okay with being patient. But don't fucking tell me that everything's going to be great when you keep tripping over yourself and making yourself a worse team every step of the way. You just locked up a long-term piece that should be here for a while and that you can build around. Now start putting the pieces into place around that. And that should be the story of this year. It's going to be Brian Bayo. You want that contract extension? Let's do it. Tristan Casas, you know what? I don't care that you got hurt in winter ball. Let's start talking contract extension so that by the end of this upcoming year, you can say, just like you were supposed to at the end of 2021, this is our core. Like, these are the guys we want to build around. Maybe it is next year's free agent class overall isn't great. But for that huge 2025 class that Coley's talking about, when Meyer will also be up here, you kind of see the writing on the wall and what they're trying to do. It's just one step back to take a couple forward. I think the best course of action right now would be if Heim Bloom scheduled a press conference tomorrow and said, here's the plan. We're signing Juan Soto next year and we're going to pay Tyler Glass now. Everyone needs to just chill the fuck out. Like we obviously have a plan and that's it. So like just be patient. And if he did just, that, 
everyone would be super pumped. They'd be like, yeah, I don't care if they lose 100. Like, we'd probably be like, we want to lose 100 games. You get a sick draft pick. Go sign Juan Soto and Tyler Glasnow. I mean, Heim Bloom would be the most popular guy in the entire Eastern Seaboard if he was just like, you know what? Fuck tampering. Find me, bitch. We are getting Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Burns I, and Woodruff are both free agents too. So it's like there's enough pitchers that are going to hit Pablo Lopez. Like there's enough guys that are going to hit free agency. They can really rebuild this into like a dominant rotation. I'm not really too worried. And like I think it was June Lisa, there's like 47 to 81 million dollars coming off the books, depending on what they do with people like Matt Barnes. Fucking see you later, bud. Uh, Chris Sale, like there's a there's a lot of money to be coming out the book, so they can't even use the luxury tax shit they pulled with Mookie. And another point I wanted to make: now that Devers has signed, was it the sixth largest contract in MLB history? Now yep. that he's done that, you're going to get a lot of people who are like, "Oh, see, you couldn't have kept all three of them. Look how much it fucking costs to keep this guy." That's incorrect. Very incorrect. Mookie's the only deal that we know of. That was always going to be that price, no matter what. No matter if he signed here, elsewhere, it was always going to be 350 We know they fucked up Xander. We know that. We know Dombrowski fucked it up, and then the Hyman ownership fucked it up again this year. His price was never supposed to be 280 ever. Just because the, no. the Padres cocaine owner decided to give him all that money laundering money. That's not the plan. He was always supposed to be a $150, $160 million guy. And if Dombrowski had not tried to get him on a home down discount, he wouldn't have gotten opt out. He'd just still be here. That's when he'd be a conversation. And Devers, if you sign him before Austin Riley, who knows what his fucking contract is? So this is where it's like, all right, yeah, he's now getting paid $331 million. It shouldn't have taken that. Be quicker to these. We knew Raphael Devers was this good. You have to see him improve his defense slightly to give him this money. That's preposterous. No, and it's even crazier when you add in. It's like you take Bogarts, say it was 150 and like Devers, like mid 200s, maybe Austin Riley deal, whatever you want to call it. Like all of this could have been figured out in such an easy way. And it's easy looking back, but like it's not that hard. That's an ability to read the market and that's stuff you got to put on the front office. That's why you can't make that mistake with Cassis and Bayo. You can't. You got to realize like the Braves and say, we're getting these fucking deals done like the Astros. You know what I mean? You got to get ahead of this stuff. And I know some people are freaking out. They're like, oh, well, I don't want to give it to Tristan Casas already. Okay. You want to wait a couple months? Be my guest. The price is only going to go up. Either you trust your evaluation or you don't. And if you give one of these deals and they don't work out, guess what? They don't fucking kill you. It, when you give money to guys this young, it's nothing that's going to ruin a franchise like the Red Sox. You're not some poverty you know, team. Even the Mariners got past Evan White. They gave him that deal and uh, he blew. He legit absolutely gave him nothing moving forward. Not even in the plans anymore. Well, that's why like, I think the Mariners are more the blueprint than the Braves, and not even Evan White, but what they just did with Julio Rodriguez. They gave him like a seven-tiered contract, like completely covering it. Like, there's now like what the Braves are doing that extortion ring for sure. It's hard to replicate <laughs> elsewhere. The Mariners given Julio Rodriguez like one of the best players in baseball. What, what was the the max on that was like 450. 426. Yeah. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Right. And it's like, yes, I win MVP 10 times in a row to hit that, but, <laughs> but he can still can, do it. Right. But the minimum was like, it was in the hundreds, wasn't it? Yeah. 
So it's like you can do that with Casas, and if it's over 14 years, yeah, if, if it doesn't pan out, you're paying him like $8 million in 2037. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. That's going to be worth like $8,000 in today's money. No one gives a shit. Figure yeah, it out. And, and that was something that was pissing me off. Like There were so many people, or not so many, but a good portion were like, well, enjoy that contract when Rafael Devers is 33 and he can't play third base. You think a $30 million DH is going to be killing the Red Sox next decade? Why, next why decade? do people keep saying DH? Like, why couldn't he play first base at that point? Conversation. We'll have Casas as well. That, you know, that plays into it as well. Who knows but if we'll have Casas tomorrow? What do people think Aaron Judge is going to be doing? You think Aaron Judge is going to be running around in the outfield at age 36? Are you out of your mind? 41? Get out of years. <laughs> Grow I, up. I mean, I just really hate when when people are like, in 10 years, this is not going to look great. It's, we're all going to be fucking dead. Who cares? <laughs> I want to have fun for the next 10 years. And you know what's fun? Pete's Watching Raphael Devers play for my favorite baseball team. <laughs> what? Said Pete's planning on being dead at 42. I absolutely <laughs> am. Respect. Yeah, respect. Like <laughs> but I said, that, every time one of these long contract conversations comes up, if you're afraid of years... 9, 10, 11, you're, not, you're in the wrong business. Like, right. you're, that's cutting your nose to spite your face. Like, oh, I don't want eight Hall of Fame level years because years 9 through 11 are going to be like replacement level. Play. That's so fucking stupid. And the other thing is, it's like, we're not talking about Rafael Devers at 40. He's going to be 36. Right. 36. Like, Aaron Judge is going to be 40. Trey Turner is going to be 40. Xander Bogarts is going to be 41. Do you think Devers gets another contract after this? Yes, I hope so. I hope he gets a nice little three year deal to wrap it up here. Three or four. DH, you're, you know, I can't I can't take wait the poppy mantle to be 44 years old being like Devers fucking has to retire here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just going to be like, everyone's like, dude, are you ever going to get fucking married and have kids? You're four, almost 45 years old. And the only thing you care about is if Devers is going to ride off into the sunset with the Red Sox. Priorities. Like, get a fucking grip, pal. But that that's what I'm going to care about 11 years from now when this deal, when this deal comes to conclusion. I also, you know, the take today that oh, well, look, the no trade clause, the Red Sox are only bringing him in here for the next three or four years, and then they're going to trade him because it's a team-friendly deal. Like, come on. First off, from a team perspective, I understand the fan perspective. You have flexibility if you need to move him. Who knows what happens in four years, right? We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But still, how can there's nothing to be mad about at this deal. He could have went to free agency and got 14 years. He left years on the table. He, he did. basically. I did I, laugh very hard when we were all celebrating the uh, the deal in the text chain, and then Coley immediately kicks down the door and is like, "Sign and trade here." It comes. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. But like, it see, that's Coley funny. joking. It would have been <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> but see, like, that's joking. There's people who actually believe that they're like, "This is the whole ploy." Like, this is what they're trying to do. Come on, man. Come on. By the you way, think they're like they're the going to hand the, out this contract and take the risk and then say, oh, we're going to trade one of the biggest contracts ever and hope that just goes fantastic for us. The the 11 year deal includes the one year arbitration <clears throat> deal that they just came to uh, yesterday, the day before the day before. Uh, so it's a, it's a 10 year, three hundred thirteen million dollar deal. Like I, if you were to tell me that if Rafael Devers became a free agent that the price would be 10 for 313. I'd be like, yeah, that's fucking, yeah, sign me up. I feel like <clears throat> everyone was like, all right, if he goes out there this year 
especially because of the the banning of the shift. Every analyst that I've heard talk about this on MLB Network is like, this is going to benefit left-handed hitters who hit the ball very hard more than any other type of hitter. And I was like, oh, that sounds a lot like Rafael Devers. So if he goes out there and hits fucking 35 home runs with 60 doubles, do you think that you can still get him for 10 years and $313 million? Fuck no, especially after what all these guys just got this past offseason. No chance. And no like, chance. And like we know it, we watched, you know, every game last year. What Rafael Devers did, he did like 95% of what he did in the first half last right. year. And he had a bum leg and he couldn't run and he still went out there. That's where you see the Xander Bogart's leadership and how that impacts the next generation. But Devers went out there. I think he hit five home runs in the second half. Seven. If you get generally seven. Seven. So there you go. So like we're talking a healthy Devers where he's not playing on one leg. Do you know what that stat line looks like, man? That's a 400 million price tag. Mm. 400. Here's, here's, here's a question. though. You just brought up the word leadership. Who's the leader on this team? Yoshida. <laughs> Yoshida. <laughs> it's it, it's uh, Justin Devers Turner. Team. It's Devers team. Yeah, as a whole. Like he's the face, but I think they expect Justin it, Turner, Kenley, those guys. Me as the guy who's like, like handling a clubhouse. No, it's a, it's, it's a shift for certain. Like I was talking about last night, like he's going to be the veteran when like Meyer and, and other people come up and it's like, that's different. Like Xander, Xander has this air of professional. I think it's just a little fat. Like, we just don't trust the fat guy to do it. Like, <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's a little fat and like a little childish. Yes, of course. Yeah, I mean, we say he gets ice cream when he does well. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't translate. But he's also a guy who's like had his whole career around David Ortiz. Like, David Ortiz was a leader and like he was uh, he's a giant child. You know what I mean? Like, I, Devers turns it on when he needs to. When it's like, oh, it's the playoffs, there's Derek Cole. I'm going to hit a home run 700 feet. So it's, I think it will be more lead by example. But I do think it'll be rocky. I don't think it's going to be a smooth transition. No, and I think that's where you see the bridge guys. Like a Justin Turner, who's known for being a clubhouse leader. They're like, while we get to that bridge, that next group, we saw Devers make strides in the leadership department last year. Not only he's been grinding to learn English and someone had it. I can't remember. It was like the organization never asked him to do that. He's trying to do that so he can connect with teammates. And who was one of the guys who sat next to Brian Bale last year when he was getting his head beat in early in the year because of bad Babbitt luck? It was Devers. Devers was in the dugout sitting ta- and just talking him through things. I think that's the difference. And apparently he's got really close with Tristan Casas recently. So like, I-, I think they expect him to make that jump. It may take a little bit of time to get there, but that's what this bridge is. It's so by the time the next wave comes, he is that older, you know, he's the leader they can kind of lean on as he figures it out. It is interesting. It's an interesting question because the, <clears throat> There's no slam dunk answer. Like obviously, you give Rafael Devers 331 million dollars, you'd be like, "Oh, well, it's Devers' team." Well, if they if the Red Sox are, uh, you know, it's the it's the trade deadline or it's getting close and they're in second place, they're a couple games out, but they've just lost six straight games. Who's calling that players only meeting? I don't I think, think that that's Chris Derek. Sale if he's with the team. It's Chris Sale. It's Kike. Like his name yeah. hasn't been mentioned. Like I, I feel Verdugo, like Kike. I think Verdugo tries to do it, and I don't know. Like, he's <laughs> the guy. 
No, Kike I don't is know. one. Kike is a name that was at the top of my mind because he, he, yeah, he, he like is he in especially recently. He's been rolled out as like the representative of the Red Sox. Like even at like the Winter Classic, it was Kike there, and, and he's, he's just constantly it. around. And he's funny and he's like charismatic. I think that he's going to be like their forward facing guy. But behind closed doors, Chris Sale has been like the like the hard ass for lack of a better term, hasn't he? I, I, and I wonder, like, yes, but at the same time, he hasn't been around the team in like years consistently. Like he's asked to stay home in Florida. So I think there is a little bit of a disconnect there, but it's Kike. There's a reason who are making the recruiting calls this offseason. It's Kike and Trevor Story. They expect Trevor Story to step into that role as well. He's had a year here to kind of get it underneath his belt. Will he be that guy? We'll see. But I think the Red Sox are hoping he is one of those guys. Yeah. Coley, no. Who are his friends? Well, he's a free agent. No one's calling him except for Sandy. Oh, that's a little mean to say. He has. No- oh, I think well, I- I'm saying, like, I think it from a basketball perspective. Like when players link up, they have these clicks. They have these friends. They came up in certain circuits. He was on the Rockies. Nolan Arenado signed long term in in St. Louis. Like I don't know who his other friends are. I don't mean that to be mean. I mean that like who his professional friends where he could. That's why I think you need to lean on. Devers, like when you think, at least in the last 25 years, Dominican royalty in the MLB, it's the Red Sox. That's why they should be, the whole focus after getting Devers should be Soto and or Vladdy, because that's the next generation. And if they can't use that cachet, they've really squandered quite the opportunity in front of them. No, that, that, that's a fair point. I do think Rafi, and he has that ability, not only on the field, but... He seems friendly, like he gets along with everyone if you need to attract players. And we saw this offseason, Zach Eflin, I'm good. Andrew Heaney, I'm good. You know, if you want to attract some of these different pitchers here or players in general, just anyone who wants to say, oh, I want to go play for the Red Sox, Rafi needs to be at the center of it. It's also ownership just needs to pay top dollar. Like we, That's part were, of it, too. They were offering the same contracts as opposed to, no, here's much more. And you, when you talk about a Soto, you really can't. Everyone's going to be around similar numbers. But when you talk about five top pitchers hitting for agency at the same time, you need to prioritize one of them and make them feel like the prettiest girl of the day. That's how you got to go about it. You got to offer them top dollar. There's no negotiating. You come out with your strongest offer. There are ways to do this. And I think when we're talking about leadership, I think we have the best player manager in baseball. Like Cora is still young enough. It's not that crazy of a bridge to get. Also, did you see, uh, I can't remember, was it Spear? Someone had the interview with Kike when they were talking about the Massachusetts millionaires tax. And he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm calling my, he's like, what after I get off the phone with you, I'm calling my financial advisor because this is bullshit. <laughs> like, it, it that's going to affect $750,000 because he signed his deal, I think, three days too late. If he had signed it three days earlier, he didn't get hit there. But like, there's people who are actually using that as an excuse. Like for the Red Sox not throwing in terms of Eflin, I agree. Like if you oh. wanted him that badly, Kike, that's going to affect it Devers. It's like, all right, uh, cool. I have to sure, give yeah. up seven hundred fifty thousand. Devers has no know. idea what taxes are. No, <laughs> no, like that. That's just not going to be. A He's going to be arrested halfway through the contract <laughs> for tax evasion. <laughs> this is not being talked about enough. <laughs> He's going to be in prison for the second half of the deal. We're, brutal. We're, we're talking about shortstops and we're talking about trades. And I know Jared 
enjoys, maybe isn't the right word, but he appreciates when I co- uh, concoct something. Mm. And I've been thinking. Oh, boy. <laughs> we had lightly looked at Sean Murphy. Lightly. Not as aggressively as I would like, but lightly. We've been looking at shortstops. Not very good ones. <laughs> Not great ones. This team with an offensive catcher and a shortstop that's played like 80 combined games over the last two years. And we've made multiple deals with them in recent history. It's the Kansas City Royals. Get me out of Oramont, D.C. And Salvi Perez. I need them both. The Royals oh. can't pay that. that oh, that's like the whole GDP of Kansas City. And you I, want to talk uh, about a leader? You want to get an instant leader in here? And he's only so like 30? Do you think... I Like... Uh, first of all, I don't know if he has no trade protection, but like if you're Salvador Perez, aren't you like, I don't want to go? Like, I'd rather be on a shitty Royals team than a good Red Sox team. Well, I don't think so. He literally has a Royals tattoo. No, I understand that. It's a, it's it, a championship one, isn't it? Yeah, but it's not like the World Jason Series Terry logo. Has a Celtics, uh, uh, Larry, O'Brien, Ryan, Larry O'Brien tattoo. I don't know if these count. Wait. Like, look at Salvador Perez. Let's be real. He's 32, but he's actually 42. The guy can't, you know, he, he's not playing catcher for much longer. It's nice that we he gets some home runs. We don't need catcher much longer. We signed well, a 39-year-old Justin Turner to DH. Well, exactly. So where are we going to play Salvador Perez? Catcher in DH. He can catch this year. Ugh. Ugh. He, he's locked up long-term, though, isn't he? I think he's got five years left. Oh, no. Five no, years. no, 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 no. There's a lot no. of club options. I know I know he can hit free agency in two years, and that's a club option, not a player option. Five years of Salvador Perez. So he's under contract for the next three at 20, 20, 22, and then there's a team option for 26. So we can't pay $20 million for a catcher that can hit? No, because I don't consider him a catcher. He's too we bad don't defensively. Have good catchers. At least we have guys who know how to catch. Did uh, did people not watch good. fucking Reese McGuire last year? Like I feel Reese like he was McGuire pretty was good. good for the Red Sox. He also cannot go anywhere near a uh, school zone. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's fine. We're not asking him to do that. And yeah. is a free agent like next year, I think, like very soon. God, what what attracts you to Mondesi? It's Raul Mondesi's son. <laughs> he had the one year he was healthy he was good the rest of the not time wrong. he's played he's been objectively not good they they could not be more different players too which is seriously <laughs> Raul Mondesi was just like a fucking menace yes but he was so funny very funny he's just a violent player somehow dating back to 2016 he, he's never even come anywhere close to 162 games no he sure hasn't <laughs> He played 102 in 2019, and he played 59 in 2020, which uh, not right. his best year, but that's a full season. That, that's a full season. I'll give him that one. No, I'm still not giving up hope on Fernando Tatis Jr. All right. That's the one, Coley. Right now? Oh no, it's not happening. Bro. No, not right now. I don't think. I don't think the Padres want to trade him. Surprisingly, which is, I don't know. I don't know how smart that is. I. I mean, I guess it is uh, somewhat smart. Because if Machado is going to opt out at the end of the year, then you still have two shortstops instead of three. But <clears throat> well, no, they still have three if they don't trade Kim. What? Kim's a shortstop. 
trade them here. Yeah. Okay, right yeah. now they have four shortstops. Four shortstops. There's yeah. simply too many. Coley, do you like him? Yeah. I mean, if, if, if Hauk is attractive to them, because they kind of do need that swing starter, long reliever, or just reliever guy. Yeah, I would give up him. I'm not trying to trade like a ton for him because of the position the Padres have put themselves in. And I kind of feel like they owe us. I kind of, I kind of want Kim and Grisham to be completely frank with you. I, I don't hate the Grisham idea. I Trent think, I think Grisham? That is yeah. He, he like, hasn't hit for a couple of years, but the glove is absolutely ridiculous. He was but, like an automatic out in the playoffs. He was what, just, what Hunter Renfro was in 21. But he's better it, defensively. It's just hard though, because like you have that conversation. I feel like Grisham would make sense if you were moving like Kike to second, right? Like if we were having that conversation. But otherwise, like, are you trading Verdugo and we're going to run it back like we did last year? That's what you want, Coley? You want? If if we're trying to trade with the Marlins and the Padres, I do think. Like I'm, I think this defense is as big of a problem as the lineup is. The defense got objectively worse, and it only gets worse if you don't get a shortstop. Like, I'm, I'm genuinely worried about that. Verdugo was fine. He did an admirable job in right field last year. We have more tape of him being a negative defender than we do that brief stint of him in right field. I don't know that a full season of him in right is great. That's um, what you got. Fucking Yoshida's stuck in left, and he apparently... I feel like people are sugarcoating his defense. Like, me too. I haven't heard a single like positive thing. And then you mix in the fact that he's playing half a season with the green monster behind him. And like, that's also not an easy task. Like everyone's like, Oh yeah, you play fucking left field at Fenway. Then you're, you're closer to home plate. So it's, it's easier. It's like, ah, no, like, it's also pretty hard. It's difficult to, Do you to remember just learn. Is out there? Uh, I, Yeah. It was not good. It was bad. Uh, did you read the, the athletic piece? I can't remember who wrote it. It was either uh, Jen or uh, Chad, Chad Jennings. Um, this one of our scouts, Oryx didn't have it. It was one of the road stadiums. They have this giant Ferris wheel in left field, mm-hmm. and so they went out there with a video camera and like tracked him. And they were like, we actually don't think his defense is as bad as everyone else does. So either they're they're going to fire that guy or they're right. There's a, those are the two options. Mm. I, I don't think it will be a situation where we're watching like Hanley take baseballs off his forehead or anything like that. But I think he's just not going to have range. Like, I, I don't think there's much range whatsoever. And I think that's why they're like, yeah, we'll play him at Fenway. But when we leave Fenway, it gets a little scary. Like if he has to play in a bigger left field, I think they're going to be a little nervous. But that's why keep Kike in center field. You have gold glove defense in center field with him. Don't move him. Like You need to hold on. If you have that in left field, you need something elite in center. And then you have the right field conversation with Verdugo, which is why I think for the right deal, they're willing to move him. It's just for Trent Grisham. No, like I, I don't think it's Trent Grisham because like, great, you're going to take on a glove, but you're going to get absolutely nothing with the bat. You know, if they move Kike to second, sure, that'd be a conversation. But I think they're more interested in keeping Kike in center. And that's where he wants to be. <laughs> Getting a lot of waves today. Big time wave cast. <clears throat> yeah, he takes. Give me a trade proposal. 
Jake, how are you feeling about the Rafael Devers extension? We haven't heard from you yet. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a guy I wanted locked up a long time, so I'm pretty fired yeah, you up. Did. Yeah. Yeah. Where were you when you heard the news? Uh, I was sitting on my couch. I think I was just scrolling Twitter. Um, pretty perfect place to be. Yeah. How about that Jeff Passan tweet the day before uh, announcing the the one-year deal for, for the arbitration year? And oh. just seeing that pop, I was in my I was in my garage, about to end it all, and then I saw that, and immediately I I thought it was fake because I I hadn't heard anything, I hadn't heard a single thing about any sort of progress being made. But I see Jeff Passan. This was on Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday. Third baseman Rafael Devers and the Boston Red Sox are in agreement on. A one-year, $17.5 million deal to avoid arbitration sources tell ESPN. That was the highlight of the offseason. Like the first five seconds of reading that before you got to the one-year part, that was the highlight of the offseason before yesterday. Like, I thought for damn sure, as I started reading that, I was like, holy fuck, they did it, and then no. But But I think it made Wednesday even better, didn't it? Like, when you could actually live it, like, I, when I saw that, it was tweet, almost like I, the surprise party where they waste the good surprise on on someone that it's not the surprise party for. Like I, I felt more of a rush. The reading the first sentence of the arbitration tweet than I did for like the breaking news they actually agreed to an extension because I didn't I, like. Obviously, it's a good sign that they are talking and they got something done and avoided arbitration. Uh, which, by the way, I, I even thought that the arbitration figure was low for a last year arb for a player that like what'd you say leads the league in extra base hits since 2019 yeah but mlb trade rumors had it at 16.9 i think is their projection so he actually shot a little higher he didn't have a ton of like he has a and this infuriates me he doesn't have a ton of accolades um which knocks that number down a bit and the reason that's on my mind is because the first round of nba all-star voting came out today and uh, Jalen and Jason are both fourth. The Celtics have the best team in the NBA and they're both fourth because Boston people historically do not vote for all-star games or things like that. And it ends up mattering. It takes money out of people's pockets. Xander had what, four all-star games? Yeah. He has more yes. silver sluggers than all-star games, which is outrageous. Like, just looking at Devers right now, he has one silver slugger. He's made the all-stars twice. His biggest accomplishment is that he's been getting MVP votes in three different seasons. That's like his biggest career, you know, like one silver slugger, but and that's what he has the most. 10, right? Nope. All outside of it. 11, 14, and 12. Funny <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. Does she have any takes, Coley? So, what do you think of Adalberto Mondesi? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly good. what I thought. Good, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, changed my mind. What do you think about Salvador Perez? Christmas, Christmas, that's really Christmas. Better. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got even close to the letters on my shorts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's all in. Let's just run this for an hour. 
Yeah, See if just make sailors' it trade proposals. I feed her a steady diet of uh, crack cocaine. Daddy, that's yeah, I mean, no she's Christmas in there. Oh, there AJ Preller died. Yeah, she's all in on Christmas right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, who is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in the holiday spirit still. Definitely, when people start selling on Christmas, we buy over here. We're buying yeah. all the stock. Yeah, as you should. Um, Jared. Yeah. Where were you when the Dever stuff broke? What were you doing? Right where I'm sitting right now, sitting on the couch, scrolling Twitter as I've been known to do. I, and and the first person to tweet it was Bob Nightingale. So I, like, first, like the first thing that I saw was Carlos Bayerga. Like people were tagging me in the Carlos Bayerga Instagram post. And I was like, I, I no disrespect to Carlos Bayerga. I'm going to need a little bit more than that. And then I saw Bob Nightingale being like confirmed. And I was like, I'm going to need a little bit more than that. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like the best part watching like Ken Rosenthal come in with it. Yeah. And it was like every single one like that dopamine rush. Yeah. Like I oh. that I that was the weird thing about it was that the Carlos Bayerga thing was going around. And what I said was I was like, I know that Bayerga and Cora go on Instagram live during the offseason together a lot. So I was like, if this isn't true, then I'm pretty sure that Cora would hit up Carlos Bayerga and be like, hey, like that's bullshit. And then it would come down, but it stayed up. So I was like, all right, there's probably something to this. And then when Bob Nightingale tweeted it, I quote tweeted it and acted excited like, oh, it's happening. But my real internal monologue was like, it's 15 minutes from now we're gonna get like sean mcadam is gonna tweet you know no deal has been agreed to the two the both sides are still talking progress has been made uh there's a lot of optimism and then a week later the red sox have traded rafael deris the new york mets (laughs) (laughs) i I think the first four report the first four reports that i saw were like steve peralt carlos baerga another guy in spanish and then Bob Nightingale. So that's like, that's like an O for four for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll wait till I see the fifth one. Shout out Moises Fabian. Is that how you say his name? He he had the numbers before anyone, right? Like the actual numbers. Yeah. And then I think everyone kind of followed up after that. Um, obviously, Steve had the stuff a couple of days before or what he was hinting at. But I don't know. When it happened, I couldn't be around. Like I was at my girlfriend's house and I asked Martha to leave her bedroom. Like she was like touching my shoulder, like trying like, oh, this is nice. I asked her to leave. Nothing is worse. And like, I don't know, maybe people in a relationship will understand this. When I'm looking at my phone. Anybody's worse than women. I don't want to be on the stove. I don't want to be touched when something with Raphael Devers is going on. I'm horny, but in a different way. You feel like I'm not down. I'm in a different lane and I just I need to like you touching me is like lowering the level me scrolling on the timeline is raising the level for me. right like I I need to see each one I'm with you I don't know 
Now I feel and bad I, about myself. No, no, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. Sandwich in it, sweetheart. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm with you, Tyler. If 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 I was with a if I was with a, a big booty bitch right over here and and that news broke, I'd be like, first hey, of I, all, we all know you like boobs. That's true. I love me some titties. <laughs> yeah, big big boob guy. Um, if that news broke and there was a nice young lady here, I would be like. I just called your Uber. <laughs> I need yes! some alone time to or you just be like, hey, just to hang out, but I, I no. gotta do my own thing. No, 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 no. You, no, it, it's unco- like so I guess chivalry's dead. Sorry. No, it's not chill. I mean, it's it's just common decency. Like you, this is uh this is a big deal, and I need you to respect that. <laughs> I do love the idea of Tyler getting absolutely canceled on a celebratory <laughs> Raphael Devers uh podcast just for saying that he hates women. <laughs> I did not say that. I said partners in general, so this could be reverse as well. Fair, fair. I just, listen, something when you're in that moment and you're just watching the numbers and your brain's starting to go there, just don't touch me. Don't like, I'm bricked touch up. me. I'm bricked up. Just don't touch me. Let me enjoy my moment. This yeah. feeling only lasts so much, and especially as Red Sox fans, we have not felt this much in recent years. Let me enjoy it. Please. Does that save the offseason? Um, it makes it so it's not a complete disaster. Like I think where we were in the off season beforehand, the train was off the tracks. Like that's Let's what say, it felt like. But I still think that a trade is going to happen at some point. Let's say the off season ends today. What's your letter grade? Without the trade, ends today. Everything as is. What's the letter grade for for this off season? I'm going to say C plus like you've improved. You've made minor improvements, not in spots where are going to make a whole world of difference. You've made minor improvements. I still think overall you've taken a step backwards, but you have, you have checked off and and achieved one of the two most important orders of business. So like you can't get a failing grade because of that, but you're still probably a worse team heading into next year than than you were this past year. And they were a bad team this year. I'll go C minus. Um, and I'll say C minus because when you entered this offseason, you had aspirations of going over the luxury tax again. And that was your belief that you were going to pay Bogarts. That's why you had a three-year deal for Evaldi. Now we're talking about a year where most likely you're going to finish in fourth place. If everything goes really well, you can maybe snag a wild card spot. But you know, you had somewhat of championship aspirations coming into this offseason that you were going to be one of the winners of the offseason. You didn't get that. Now, the bullpen is better, without a doubt. You fumbled the bag on Xander Bogarts, but you got to own that, and that goes before this offseason. But he was your number one target. Um, the rotation has questions. I, I think they were hoping to solidify that more, and they weren't able to. Um, but I agree. They, they've covered up some of their holes from last year. I think the pitching staff as a whole is in a better place. It's just... I don't think this Red Sox team is where a lot of people wanted it at. And you had to take a step back when you messed up the Bogart situation. And I think that has some lasting effects. But I like the moves they've made. It's just it would all look so much better if you had taken care of the Bogart situation and it didn't blow up in your face. Coley? Probably D plus. Um, D plus. With nothing else. Right there. Like Devers is, was going to be on the team unless they traded him. Like it, they did the thing. Happy they did the thing. Doesn't affect this season really at all. Outside of what I said earlier with the annoying questions and shit. 
Well, I mean, in terms of in terms of uh, like, we're not grading what the team is going to be next year. We're grading the Red Sox performance this offseason. So I think getting Devers done now is a big thing because if he if he doesn't get a deal done going into spring training, you pro if you're smart, you probably do trade him. And if you go into the season without a deal being done, then it, it like the point that Coley made earlier, it's another dark cloud over the fucking season that we just had with Mookie, that we just had with Xander. You're doing it again with Devers. So I think that getting Devers done right now, let's say by the grace of God, he did play the whole season in Boston and he made it to free agency. No one would think that he was coming back if he reached free agency. No, absolutely so no. I'm getting fine. that done, I think you got to give a little bit more credit. My counter to that is what I said earlier. The fact that they waited so long is why it cost as much as it did. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think that they should have gotten this fucking done in 2019. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but like, it, it don't don't you grade it on what you were hoping for, what you set the standard, what you wanted at the beginning of the offseason? Like, that's what you grade it on. And if I told you when this season ended, they were going to be pretty, you know, everyone just about agrees they're a fourth place team. That's going to be, you know, 500, maybe 85 wins. And if everything goes right, maybe you sneak in the playoffs. You'd say that was not a good offseason. Right now, somewhere on the field, if a ball's hit, there there literally isn't a player to field it. If it's second, if it's short, if it's right or center, rather, like there's when Heim got here, he preached roster flexibility, players being able to play multiple positions. He went out, he signed Justin Turner, who can play first in DH. I do not count that as multiple positions. I feel like he could give Devers a breather now, too. I feel like he'd crumble into him. He's so old. Once in a while. Give it 10 games a year, just so Devers can get a breather. If, like, Yoshida's a left fielder or DH, so that's one position. Uh, Kike is either our center fielder or our shortstop right now. Verdugo's in right. Like, is Arroyo technically our second baseman right now? Like, right now. Yeah. Right now, or is it Emmanuel Van Valdez? Like, at no, all, no, it's Arroyo. Be. It's Arroyo. Not enough people are talking about Christian Arroyo, by the way. So he's never we made would it be. through a full season. Yeah, we would. I wish we he's could never sit here chance. and be hyped about Christian he Arroyo. Don't. No, he hasn't. He's died every time. Yeah, you know? he can't control getting hit on the hand in the same fucking spot twice in the same year and getting COVID fucking twenty times. <laughs> Guys had the worst fucking luck. Yeah, the first then, time I won't blame him. The second time I will for sure blame him. You, he should know better than anyone that the ball is going to hurt if it hits him right there. He's had awful, awful. He didn't luck. tell I hope, a story. I hope he gets went out and swung at the ball so he could break his hand. Yeah, Trevor Story literally swung with his <laughs> fucking hand. He swung and hit the ball with his hand. If they, and I'm not even like pumped about this, but if they went out and they just signed Elvis Andrews. As a stopgap, I think that really you want did. Elvis Andrews over Jose Iglesias. Definitely, he's a great character guy. Iglesias is too, but I actually heard the opposite. And then he's been on he, seven teams the last five seasons. He can't be. I don't know. I feel like in twenty one, maybe maybe he finally learned that about himself. Like, hey, people hate me, so he became a great teammate in twenty one with the Red Sox. But they didn't but, even want him back. Well, I, I mean, feel like Elvis Andrews, story. And Elvis Andrews and Devers could be like 
a a 2.0 version of Andrews and Beltre. 100%. Which would be hilarious. At least if if they're going to have a mediocre team, be likable and be funny and be entertaining. Mm -hmm. And I I think the other thing with Andrews, it's like, yeah, he was horrendous with the A's for like four years in a row. He had a nice revival with the White Sox. Could he do that again? I don't know. The spray chart kind of says he hit some homers over the monster. But defensively, it's 84th percentile outs above average. Like if you're saying, hey, we need defense, I'd rather go pay a guy than trade for Miguel Rojas. It's the same Definitely. thing. What the fuck would Elvis Andrews thing. cost in 2023? Not much. It's going to be a one-year deal. Yeah, maybe This offseason has been, you either get the most money anyone's ever got, or you get a one plus one. That's every deal. Like <laughs> Every deal has either been a one plus one. Even for someone like relatively young, like Josh Bell, he got a one plus one. Uh, Turner got a one plus Did he just get not write one, or did he get a, a two? One Turner has that player option for right. the Right, so yeah, year. another one plus one. Like it did, it just didn't. JD Martinez is the only person who signed just a one year deal. Him and Cody Bellinger. And, and like with Elvis Andrews, it's one of those things. He kind of fits what they've been looking for. He doesn't strike out a ton. It's eighty third percentile K percentage. Like kind of fits hard at bats. Isn't going to strike out. He was a three, just, he was a three WAR player last year. Yes, three yeah. WAR player. So you go out, you give him a two year deal. Hopefully that bridges you to Meyer, which I I still feel like we're putting. Not even us. The actual team is putting way too much pressure on him <laughs> to really be the face of the franchise. He's twenty years old, and it's just like, no, you're you're up next. We're just waiting. Whenever you're ready, pal, we're ready. Uh, Coley's. So, do you like check it up? Like twenty eighteen to twenty twenty one, he didn't have an OPS plus above seventy eight those years. You just chalk that up to he was in Oakland and wanted to kill himself. Not necessarily. <laughs> like I, I, I would quicker chalk it up to he did steroids last year, uh, allegedly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say that. I don't want to get sued by Elvis Andrews, but uh, he can throw from shortstop to first. That's my whole barometer for shortstop of the Boston Red Sox. If you can do that, I want you on the team. And like I, I don't even say that jokingly. I do think there's a Kevin Euclid aspect to Trevor's story where if you move him to short, and then try and move him back to second, I do think he would break. I do think he would like permanently break. And I I don't think that would be his fault. I think that'd be the Red Sox fault. It's time to be a second baseman. Keep him at second. I think that's his best chance to flourish offensively and defensively. I think he'd be an all-star, like legitimate all-star most years if he stayed at second. If you move him to short, I do think that wear and tear would break him. And I don't like he's here. I don't want to hate for the story just because he's not Xander Bogart. Just keep, keep him a second. Help him out. Help your team out. Help your investment out. Don't keep fucking moving him back and forth and, and end up breaking him. Yeah, like I, I don't fall into the category of people who want to call him injury prone. What makes me nervous is stressing an elbow that clearly has some kind of medical issue there. Um, the arm strength percentiles over the years, we've said them a million times on this podcast. They're not non-existent. They're there for a reason. I will say you look at Andrews and Iglesias. Iglesias has been a more consistent hitter. Andrews has better defensive metrics. So it's like, you know, you're picking your poison at that point. You're not going to, no matter what, you're not going to get a shortstop. They can do everything unless maybe you trade for like Kim and he's really good defensively and average offensively. Yeah, Kim, I mean, Kim would be ideal. I'm, I'm, I'm not even uh, giving up on the Jazz Chisholm thing and he hasn't played shortstop really at this level. Um, but he'd be fun. If we're talking about fun, there's no he'd one more fun. fun than Jeff. Literally yeah. no one. If they're going to use trade assets, man, go get an impact piece. And I don't think they're going to get Brian Reynolds, but if it was him, if it was one of the Marlins pitchers, whoever it may be, go get the impact piece. Like, don't 
have to include Rojas in it to make it or use the limited assets you have. You're protecting those top three. I think Rafaela, they're willing to move. Hauk, dude, poor Hauk. Tanner Hauk's in every fucking article you read this offseason. <laughs> and like, it's clear the team's trying to float this man. Like, someone please take him. And no one believes he's an actual starter, but they'll keep selling them on it. It's just, use, if you're, I, I want you to be careful with that top three. Use what you have and get the best thing possible. He also just had like a very serious back surgery. Horrible back yeah. injury. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, it was, uh, like it's not like it was a, a horrible back surgery to where he was fucked up after it. Like I, I saw him a few days after, and he was walking around. But I mean, he's also not torquing his body to be able to throw a ninety-eight mile an hour fastball either when he's just standing there. I also think like uh, we've taken players and moved them either back to original positions or to new positions. Jerks and profiles floating around out there. I wouldn't hate him on this thing. Bad defensively. Uh, not good defensively. But he plays professional baseball. You, you can't argue that. You can't argue that. He also had the yips. He was better in the playoffs than Soto was. I'm saying he had the yips in oh, Oakland. The starters career. The starters career, yeah. yeah. Well, when you're no, a League did- World Series hero. Is he was- playing anything but left field at this point? The Padres only played him at left. He's played short. I know early in his career. (laughs) He's played everywhere. I feel like he can't play. I I feel like you would not want him touching the infield at this point in time. Unless it was, what, first base? Didn't he play a little first base at some point? Probably. I mean, they put him everywhere. Texas, he was, he started in Oakland or Texas? Texas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, he had the roughest start to it. He was like, I think the top prospect in baseball when he was coming up. He was. So I'm always Dude, his, on Jerison. Didn't his shoulder like explode or whatever? He had like serious shoulder problems, right? I, I'm, a, I'm a pass on Jerickson Profar for being honest. No, that Me too. Jerickson. Do you want Jerickson Profar? <laughs> he just, I, I don't know. I just, I just cool. want a shortstop. I, I, I don't. If it were one or the other, Elvis Andrews, Jose Iglesias, I, I don't think, I think Willie Adamas is a pipe dream. Another, Even if it was Miguel Rojas, just give me a fucking shortstop. I really another, don't. I'm not picky. There's another guy who is on a team. His contract expires at the end of the year, and I imagine they won't pay him because of who they are. Ahmed Rosario is a free agent next year. You just trade for him. Where is he, Cleveland? Yeah. I will say I'm pretty sure he's horrendous defensively. Really? They moved Jimenez off short to keep Rosario at short. Let me see. Let's so unless Jimenez is just the worst, I don't think he's... Oh, yeah. So last year, I met Rosario two percentile outs above average. Yikes. He is the worst of the worst. That's actually. bad. <laughs> no, the worst of the worst. Well, who's playing short for uh, the Nationals? Oh, was like uh, negative 28 run save. Yeah, 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 yeah. Coley, you're right. What was his fucking name? Uh, hold on, hold on. No, it wasn't Vargas, was it? Who was it? No, it was a. It is a Spanish name. I know that. Was it Luis Garcia? Yes. Yeah, yes. it was Luis Garcia. God. Yeah, that's really bad. And he hit just a little, so they kept him in the lineup. What What mm. was his defensive run save, Rosario? 
I'll tell you. Uh, defensive run save. Give me a minute here. See, but like those are guys like I look at a Med Rosario hitting wise. What was he last year? He was like league average, right? So yeah, league for average sure hitter. league average. I'm not going up a ton to get him. It's just like. But like you wouldn't you get the same thing from. So, yeah, last year, uh, shortstop, he was six defensive run saves, so he posted better. But before that, he was very negative every year of his career. All right. So he's trying to upwards. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yes. Um, I just like you can get that with Iglesias or Andrews. Why give something sure, up? Sure. No, I agree. I would go get it. Like, I'm shocked Andrews is still available. I'd go get Andrews a thousand percent. Um, but if if they, they have been, time wants to make, like, I don't, he needs to make trades to survive. Like, that's just who he is as a person. He loves making trades. So, yeah, if you can get Rojas and uh, one of the pitchers, I was shocked it took until, like, this week for people to notice Lazardo was also on the Marlins rotation. Like, I would love it. And really good, like, yeah. advanced metric-wise, like, everything. Like, you're talking team control. And I think, like, I want Edward Cabrera because the idea of him and Whitlock and Bayo is beautiful. But, like, dude, look at that baseball savant page for a second. You'll see why Edward Cabrera is going to cost something serious. It is. It, everything points to him being dominant. Hmm. But if you can pull him. Like what? Please. I'll tell you right now. You, you want to pull up this? Uh, yeah, I posted on Twitter the other day and everyone was like, Jesus Christ. There's like very little blue on that page. And he was, you know, one of the top prospects in baseball. FIP wasn't great last year, though, because he was walking some guys. That's really the, the one thing. But it's kind of similar to Bayo. Sounds like it's, they should just give him away for free. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> 85th percentile average exit velocity, 83rd percentile hard hit percentage, 86th percentile whiff percentage, uh, 76th percentile chase rate, uh, 82nd percentile expected batting average, 69th percentile K percentage, 85th percentile fastball velocity. Where's he sit? Uh, he hits 100. Oh. <laughs> I like that. Is anyone, it's going to cost you. Has anyone thought, like we've been talking to the Marlins, the fact that the Marlins stock's been so public makes me think there's absolutely no trade with the Marlins coming. Like we, that has not been how Himes work. Um, but like the last time the Red Sox had a top prospect shortstop, they called up the Marlins and traded for their ace. Like why not just go, why not like, listen, I like Marcel, Marcelo Meyer. Why not just go get Alcantara? Because the Marlins refuse to deal him. Because no one's put out uh, Marcelo Meyer on the table. I, I would all, hey, you want to take Meyer? I'll throw him Blaze <laughs> there. Pick your poison. Who do you want? You're going to get Sandy, the one true workhorse really left in baseball that will go out there and pitch seven to nine innings every time. Hell yeah. Uh, I mean, we traded Hanley Ramirez for Josh Beckett. Marcelo Meyer for Sandy Alcantara sounds very similar. Let's not forget, we also got Mike Lowell and a reliever in that deal. Do you remember the reliever, Jared? Uh, Immediately was suspended. It, yeah, it it was... Um, oh, I got it. Don't fucking say it. It wasn't Mahika. Nope. It Edward. was... Uh, give me the first initial. G? Mm-hmm. Oh, Guillermo Mota. The very same. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like, we get a little Alcantara, we get a little Rojas. Now we're cooking. Yeah. They got so many arms. Trevor Rogers was like so lethal a year ago. Dude was like second in rookie of the year voting. Dominant. Suck this year. Even something like that I'd be interested in. 
I'm not winning anything this year. You're not going, you're not winning a world series. So give me the most talent possible. And let's hope in a year we're like, holy fuck, all these different things click the way they needed to. I want to name my first kid Guillermo. <laughs> After Guillermo Mota. Mm, yeah, no, I think everyone knows that. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Beckett. Josh, that was people forget that Theo Epstein was obsessed with Hanley Ramirez. And that's when Theo, after the 2005 season, left Fenway in the gorilla suit and he like quit being the Red Sox GM. So it was actually Ben Charrington and Jed Hoyer who made that trade. Ben Charrington and Jed Hoyer traded Hanley Ramirez. Uh, for Josh Beckett and Mike Lowell, and then Theo came back after that and demanded Guillermo Moto be included. <laughs> yeah, so that trade does not happen if Theo doesn't leave the Red Sox and then come back, however many months later. That was a little fun fact, hmm. which directly resulted in a championship. I mean, Josh Beckett, <laughs> fucking. <laughs> Shoved it. Michael was World Series MVP, and he also, I think, he set the Red Sox single season record for most RBI by a Red Sox third baseman. And Josh Beckett should have won the Cy Young Award that year, and was the ALCS MVP, and just absolutely shoved it up the the then Indians' asses, and then embarrassed, undressed, um, the. Rockies in the World Series, yeah. Yep. Trevor Story, no hits for that Rockies team. Wow. Trevor Story did not get any hits in that World Series. Not one. No. Dice K had one. Dice K did have one. <laughs> Drove in a couple just runs. Say it. So there you go. You just... I don't know. When, uh, I, when I hear Mikey Romero talk, he sounds like he thinks he's better than Maya. So fuck it. Let's put him on the table. <laughs> I will say that would be one of the coolest stories. If him and Meyer get to the big leagues together and it's like childhood friends playing together. Um, but I don't know. I feel like Mikey, I, I would not be shocked if he's a name. If they do make a big move, he gets caught up in it. But man, I think he can hit. The one thing I wanted to ask you, Cooley, because people keep tweeting it at me. If Rafaela gets dealt, are you going to be okay? Yeah, mm. definitely. Have you, do you feel like you're well, in a different depends. place than you were? No, not necessarily. It's just more... De- I just kind of see the writing on the wall in terms of like, all right, you can't, like, you can't just put like Brandon Walter on the table and be like, that's our best chip. <laughs> like, that's not how this works. You know what I mean? So it's more, there's some young, like, like guys I don't want to trade. It's really like Miguel Blaze. Like, that's kind yeah. of the whole list. Him and Corrales. Uh, like, it's like those guys at this moment in time, I'd rather see like Mata, I think, has some value that, like, I'm also kind of scorned by uh, Bob and fucking Duran. Like, they're still letting Duran pick numbers. Like, he's a person with the ability to talk out loud. Like, what are we doing here? We give him a good number. I'm shocked that both of them have have made it this far into the offseason. I thought that that was going to be a very succinct. I mean, it's like the time to move them was last offseason. If if you were going to do it, now, if they do it, you're talking about the throw-in aspect of a deal. Right. Like, you got to think, the Red Sox are sitting here desperately calling teams right now, 24-7, knowing they need to clear two 40-man spots. 
and they have Bobby Delvick and Jaron Durant sitting there and they're begging someone to take these guys so they don't have to DFA somebody. And it looks like there's nobody here. There, nobody's know, willing to Jaren take Jaron Durant just got a brand new, uh, brand new jersey number this week. <laughs> Where did you see that? I just uh, said that. <laughs> I know I, 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 you made reference to it, but I, I didn't understand the reference because I, I wasn't paying attention. So I no, didn't I'm not mad at you. Jared was paying attention and didn't hear it. Yeah, but you number just 16 more, right? when it comes out of my mouth. Wait, Cole, Coley made reference to something that I didn't know happened. And Steve, uh, Steve, Pete said it more uh, in as a matter of fact. So what happened? Authoritatively. No, yeah. they released a, a tweet this week. Uh, I want to say a couple days ago with like new numbers for the Red Sox. And like Duran was on there. Um, Yoshida got his number. Whitlock's 22. Uh, Rick Persolo, baby. Yoshida is wearing number seven, I believe. Yep. Good old Japanese trot Nixon out there. Well, JD Drew. His skill set is. No, Japanese JD Drew. He has. (laughs) His skill set is way more JD Drew, who also wore seven. Too close to JD Drew. Well, it's JD Drew without the fielding ability. Yeah, JD Drew just he 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 could glide out there. He was a gazelle. He was a a lot of people called JD Drew the uh uh Nancy Kerrigan of right fielders. Yeah. Who's that? What? Who's Nancy Kerrigan? Holy moly. We've got a child on our hands. Hold on. No. uh, Jake, do you do you know who Nancy Kerrigan is? Yeah, the figure skater. Thank you. Okay. Why would I know this? Very I mean, she was in one of like the most famous incidents in the history of sports. Mm-hmm. What was yeah. the incident? She took a bat to the knee from the the boyfriend of her biggest rival. I thought oh it was. God. I thought it was Tanya that did it. Yeah, no, it's Tanya. Tanya hired her like boyfriend or something. Tanya didn't actually take the swing. She looks very upset in these pictures. Well, yeah. she just took a bat to the knee. <laughs> Tough luck. <laughs> and all of her knees are where what you needed to figure skate. Yeah, you definitely can't that. figure skate with a smashed, uh, what is it, uh, fibula? Or tibula. Yeah, fib tib. That's You're fucked if you don't have a <laughs> Did functioning you, fib Were you tib. aware of the movie uh, Tanya that came out like two years ago starring Margot Robbie? No. Kids help. I didn't see it either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a baseball bat. True. Oh. Good point, Jerry. Thank you. Let's see the spray chart for Tanya Parker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see the baseball savant page. A lot man. of red on that savant. A lot of fucking red. <laughs> yeah. The bones above average, not great in the <laughs> kneecap. <clears throat> um, but yeah. You should check that out. I'll have a review for next pod. Coley, do you just have like the shower running? Oh, yeah, yeah, my man is wasting like all of Maine's water right now. It's gonna get in there. All right, yeah. Coley's having the most productive podcast I've ever seen. He's yeah, worked Cole. out and now <laughs> yeah. he's gonna shower and he spent time. And like, has had, like three wardrobe changes too. Yeah. Just like strip, just slowly stripping throughout mm-hmm. the course of the podcast. And without these headphones on, I'd be completely naked. <laughs> so coley's in on the 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 only fans podcast Ooh, yeah that's true we got we, we are Jared, doing we got brock we got coley mm-hmm. the big three. <laughs> yeah why don't you uh why don't you hop in that shower there coley yeah probably all right 
you have any uh any last words <laughs> no i thought there was another person i identified as a trade target but i do think they should just sign Carlos Correa, unless he's got like the most aggressive cancer anyone's ever seen. Like I'm okay, but and it's the third contract. Like you have the price has gone down. It went down from San Francisco to the Mets. Like the next contract's definitely gonna have some heavy, heavy protection in there. Just go sign Correa. All right. We'll find out tonight if that's a possibility. Excellent. Get All it right, done. You enjoy your shower, Coley. Oh, I will. Okay. See you, pal. Ah, silence. It's different. <laughs> and he was running that shower for at least 45 minutes. It's a, a lot time. of water. Long time. It's a lot of water. They charge by the gallon? No, it's fucking Maine. They just, like, that water is, like, just sucked up from his backyard, probably. No, you know what it is? It's Poland Spring. Yeah. Oh. What it means to be from Maine. Like, the, uh, the, the Poland Spring that you drink from the bottle is... After Coley washes himself and it goes down the drain, yeah. it just goes straight into the Poland Spring bottle. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, Pete, do you have any uh, do you have any like movie or show recommendations for me to get into tonight? It's the it's my first night in the house with internet, and ca- uh, I don't have cable yet, but uh, we're getting there. But I do have internet. Um, yeah, Top Gun Maverick. I don't know that I'd like that. You, you see the uh, first one? If you, don't, if you don't like it, I don't like you. It is a fucking phenomenal movie. Yeah, but like, like I, I'm, sure it, I'm sure it's great. It's just not like... I don't like hokey action. This is cliche. All right, it's, how about... It's a good take. How, how yeah. about X then? Because I know that you like like slashers and creepy movies. All right, I'll watch that. But didn't you say that that's a... Is that the prequel? No, that one came out first. So it's like... it's If you watch that one before Pearl, you're watching it in the natural order. But Pearl is the prequel to X. But as someone who's seen both, should I watch X first? Yes. Yeah. I think... I think I watched Pearl first. The, like the, the the one that came out afterwards, uh-huh. and like technically that's that comes before X, but I wish that I watch X first. Okay, did you didn't you say you didn't like Pearl though? I didn't love Pearl. I liked it better after I saw X, which is why which is why which I wish I watched X first. Okay, all right, so I'm gonna watch X tonight. Yeah, and I think that you'll like X a lot more than you like Pearl. Did I tell you what I'm buying? They never should have gave me money. Did I tell you what I'm buying? No, a life size, uh, like an act. This this thing costs like fifteen hundred dollars. It oh, is. Is it the the arcade machine? No, it's a life size mannequin of Michael Myers. <laughs> but it's not. That, it's not you one. Not have money. Yeah, no, I shouldn't. This is not one that like. It's like you're probably picturing one that they would have at like Party City or something. It's from someone in Germany who custom makes them like even like the hand it's supposed to look like like a real human not like a doll so 
I feel like you should wait until you're in a relationship before you make a purchase like that. Because if you mm-hmm. bring girls back to your house and I don't you care. literally have a lifelike Michael Myers standing in the corner with like a knife, I assume. Don't care. I don't know. It's probably not the. No. It's probably Pete. not the most. It's got to be a red flag. No. Don't care. Pete, you're I, reading this whole thing wrong. Yeah. yeah. If I walked into a house and that was in there, I'd, I'd be like, oh, this person's interesting. They got something. They have interests. They have hobbies. I'm more you of like hobbies a, that like don't like very closely resemble a murderer living in your house it, it's the barney from how i met your mother thing he has the what do you call it a jedi is that what that thing is from star wars he has one right in his house when girls come in it's not a bad thing it's like whoa this guy sure, is a jedi yeah, sure but like that's less murdery you ever okay. see those tiktoks of the parents that literally just throw their baby in a pool and then they like that's how they learn how to swim. They like, yeah, that's you have, throwing your dates right into the, this is who I am. Take yeah. It or leave it. Like literally. I, mean, like, I do respect that part of it. But if, if I had a girl come to this house and she sees Michael of, Myers standing in the corner, she's going to be like, this guy is built it, different. He's a different. Kind it's of very cat. good for you to put yourself out on the table and be like, this is who I am. I'm not hiding anything from you. Like you gotta, this is me. Love me or leave me. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm more thinking of these girls that are that show up to your house and then like it's just it's implanted in their brain that there's a like a significant chance that they're going to get murdered before they leave your house i'm not going to kill them but the thought exists once they see a gigantic michael myers in the corner with a knife i think i think the message that i'm sending is that like i find i find uh cinematic murder to be my highest form of entertainment Ooh. Which, which, like in, in the case of a lot of women, huge, huge into they like, love true uh, crime podcast, yeah. true crime podcasts. Mm-hmm. So that's I think like yeah, that's it's an even trade off sometimes. You know what's but, weird is that there are a lot of women who love true crime podcasts and true crime books and documentaries, but would see Michael Myers in my house and be like, "This guy's a fucking creep. This guy's fucking weird." So I'm like, okay. Like, you love real murder. You love real people getting killed. I at least keep it to, like, fictional and, like, fantasy. And I'm the the weirdo? Well, the reason that they love real murder is because it gives them ideas on how they can potentially murder their future husbands uh, and get away with it. We're definitely getting canceled. It's, It's research, essentially. Yeah, they're, they're like that's that's a great point by me that I just made because I never put two and two together. Like, because I, I used to have like the, I still do the big Halloween canvas, like the movie, the original movie poster as a canvas in my apartment. My last two apartments. Now it's in my house. This is my third place that I've lived where I've had that poster. So I've had a lot of like weird looks, being like, "Oh, what no, the that- fuck." That's totally fine. That's not only a great movie, an iconic movie. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's not a gigantic man with holding a knife in your house, um, but it's like also an icon. It? It's an iconic movie poster. Like, and people have movie posters in their house. I have movie posters in my house. Where is it? And it's not like you have it taped to the wall. You have it framed. Like you, you are presenting it in a. Hey, I really care about this kind of way. It looks yeah, very it, real. Like his hands. Yeah, How tall? I mean, like that's just it's like it's little. like six six. <laughs> that is, <laughs> it is. Well, a what six... you should do is you should put it in front of a window. I and am so doing anytime, that. Uh, anytime somebody drives by your house, you, they just see Michael, My- a r- extremely lifelike Michael Myers, standing and staring out the window. Yeah, I have an attic, and I'm just gonna have him 
in the attic facing the window. So like, and I'm going to backlight That's it. so fucked. I'm going to backlight it. So like when people drive down the street, it'll just be in this like dark That is so room. creepy, but I, all right, I, I'm, you're, you're swaying me. Yeah. And I live on like kind of like a main street here. So people will drive by and be like, what the fuck? Like this guy's a weirdo. They'll think that it's me. <laughs> this guy, this this guy's this six foot six guy is just standing in his window all night, just staring outside. The 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 more con- the concerning thing there though is now a lot of people are going to know where you live because there are going to be very few oh, people, yeah. the very very few few people in Massachusetts who have a life like Michael Myers backlit staring out of the attic window of their house. Well, so. I don't know. As that, soon as somebody sees that, they're like, oh, okay. Carabas lives there. You wouldn't break into that house, though. I yeah. wonder if I knew you lived there, because what are you going to do? I mean, who knows if that's a mannequin or not? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck around and find out. Yeah, shit. You know, that's uh, it's a scary thought to just be driving down the street and see that at 2.30 in the morning. Like, what if you're just like, Oh, uh, what if you're like the paper boy and, and you're, it's like four o'clock in the morning and it's pitch black and there's not a soul on the street, on the sidewalk. And you just look up and you see that looking out at you. Did the kids in the neighborhood do something to you, Jared, when you bought this house? I don't know anyone in my neighborhood. <laughs> Have you seen children? Uh, there, there's a lot of people that like go for runs around here that, oh yeah. So I, I don't know. Like Pete. You, eh, I guess you wouldn't know because you've you've been in that house forever. Like when you move into a new house, are you supposed to go to your like next door neighbor and introduce yourself, or is it on them to come to your house and be like, "Hey, like welcome to the neighborhood"? Um, I don't think there's like an obligation either way. I think you can just move in and be like, "I'm somebody who keeps to myself." But like, I, I, um, there have been people before in places that I moved that have like knocked on my door and been like, "Hey, just wanted to let you know I live." next door blah blah blah. here's my name if you ever need anything but like most of the time i feel like it's not knocking on the door it's just like you see him around the neighborhood and you introduce yourself yeah like you both happen to be in your driveway at the same time like hey neighbor Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah exactly that so i don't think you need to go out of your way okay yeah because i mean uh there's no one that lives to the left there is someone that lives to the right. And then my neighbor across the street, their front yard is like eight football fields. So I'll never see those people. And I'm certainly not going up to their door being like, hey, <laughs> I was just in the neighborhood and want to say hello. It's like like my neighbors across the street live a mile from me, basically. So I didn't know what the policy was there. Nah, you're good. They're probably going to be like, I mean... I, I Once they see the Michael Myers thing, they're not going to want to talk to you anyway. That's what I'm saying is like before I do that, I kind of want to meet them so that they know that I'm somewhat normal first. Aren't they supposed to bring you gifts? Isn't like the housewarming yeah, no. thing like in a I neighborhood? Mean, I mean, like in movies and stuff, they bring you like fucking apple pie or like a lasagna or a nice chicken yeah, parm dinner. That, that shit doesn't happen. If you're listening and you're my neighbor, I want chocolate chip cookies. Bring me some chocolate chip cookies. To be honest with you, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Like, I don't like eating food from strangers. But they live next door. I know, but like, I still don't know them. And I'm not, I don't like eating food from people that I don't know. 
And, and now that we're doing this on, on the podcast, there's a fair chance someone just leaves cookies on your steps that wasn't your neighbor. And then we're even we're in more trouble. That's true. That's true. Whatever. I mean, I'll still eat them. <laughs> like I've gotten I've gotten like DMs and shit from people being like, Hey, heard you heard you bought a house in the neighborhood, like we should hang out sometime. <laughs> like uh yeah, sure, dude. Go on over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever you say, brother. Yeah. Well, like actually close to you, or are they like, you know, live in the same town as you? It's like, hey, I heard you have bought a house in Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. I also live here. We should hang out sometime. I heard you also <laughs> bought a house in Massachusetts. I live in Grafton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come over. <laughs> sure. Fine. I know, Pete, Pete, you're going to, you're going to work out here? Yes. Me and Pete are going to make, uh, Workout content in in the basement. Sure, you even invite me. Yeah, do you want to work out here? I I'm just saying part of my New Year thing. I've been working out. I've been putting oh, time. Yeah, let's go. Okay, yeah. I'm getting fit. It's it's my time. I'm See, like young. that'll be worth it for you. Like if if you came here to do a podcast, and then you could also get a workout in. Listen, I'm trying to get fit. I'm working out five times a week. I'm going to start lifting next week. Mm-hmm. One of my boys from back home. Okay, so you know. Watch. The shirts are about to look, you know? Muscles me, about to look crazy. That would actually be great content if me and Pete trained Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Dude, that would be great. Yeah. You guys are actually like in legit shape. Yeah, I'm a fucking beast. Yeah. No, I'm, no I'm cap. Be- in better shape than Jared. So back in my day, I Cardio was really for sure. athletic. I'm yeah, actually I, not in great shape right now, but I will be by July. I'm gonna look like fucking Brock Lesnar. Can I, we uh can we test you? No. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I, I'm not. I, I don't know. I haven't decided if I'm going to take steroids or not. Probably not. Do it. I don't no, need don't, to. Don't I, do I get pretty big naturally. Like when. Yeah, because you're not that tall, which is one of the f- benefits of being on the shorter side. I'm not short. I'm average. I didn't call, say, I said on the shorter side. I'm average. I'm short. You're short. I'm short. Yeah, you're fucking and short. And I. I'm that's why I think that I'm in better shape than you because you're short yeah because there's nowhere for the muscles to go it just compacts on onto each other yeah I guess were you true. ever not athletic Pete or were you always just built? no I'm not athletic I'm just in shape in shape <laughs> yeah. okay not see athletic I, whatsoever I, I want to combine I, I used two. to be very scrawny do you do I cardio wrestled, Pete? I, I wrestled no I don't do cardio I wrestled at 110 in high school holy shit little bitch yeah, extremely little bitch. Mm-hmm. I'm still a little bitch. I just have the outer shell of somebody who is in shape. Yeah, you're like fucking you're like if if Matt Damon and John Cena had a kid. My uh my my sister's friends' kids call me John Cena. They're like four years old. They're like John Cena. Yeah, you're John. You're John Damon. That's hilarious. Johnny uh, Damon. Yeah, you're Johnny Damon. <laughs> you're fucking Johnny Damon. But John Damon sounds more John serious. Damon. You're John Damon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're John Damon. Makes sense. All right, yeah. Uh, 2023 for me is the year of the legs. 2023 will also be the year that me and Pete train Tyler and uh, get him in shape. 
Fuck yeah. I've lost track, man. Ever since I got to the sports hub, I started eating really badly. I, I've cut out my Wendy's after the podcast. I've been celebrating every podcast we finish with the Dave's Triple. That's crazy. Well, <laughs> in recent weeks, I switched to five guys, and that was even worse because when they fill the whole bag up with fries. Can't do that. Yeah. It's Diet, bad. Diet's, diet's the most important part. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get you in shape. It's horrendous. Jake, you want in on this? Down to pump some iron with the boys. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. I feel like if anyone's going to do steroids, it's going to be Jake. He's a fucking wild card. I think I want to do steroids because I see. So now that I'm trying to be fit, you know, hmm. on Instagram, I'm watching these gym people. And like these people are just proud to be on roids, but they are jacked out of their damn mind. Yeah. Now, I don't know if people don't still do die. Do people still? Is that still bad? No, I think I think steroid no, culture is, is a bit more uh, a bit more regulated and safe these days, but still would not recommend it. Do it. Hmm. Change your life. All you need to do. So like a little bit of creatine, you're good. I'll give you the good shit, Tyler. You don't have okay. to take steroids. Hook me up. You know what pisses me off, though? Maybe Pete can relate to this a little bit. Is that when fat people... <laughs> it did you? pisses me off. Speaking to me? Fat people. So, you know what pisses Just me disgusting. off? disgusting. <laughs> when, when fat people get jacked, Everyone's like, oh, yay. Like they bettered themselves. Get going from like a fat body type to jacked is way easier than going from a skeleton to jacked. If you go from a skeleton to jacked, everyone's like steroids. And when you go from fat to jack, everyone's like, wow, congratulations. Look at all the hard work. It's way harder to go from skeleton to jacked, especially if you're natural, which is now, what I did. Is that because like fatter dudes or people in general, they, you can, they can turn fat into down. muscle. You can turn fat into muscle yeah. like that. I mean, like he's right in a way, but no, I'm 100 percent correct on that take. It's I think it's I don't know. It, it's a hard thing. Like it's 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 hard both ways. It's hard. No, it's no, it's not. If if you are able bodied like there's some people that are just like morbidly obese and you, it's very hard to get into the gym like that's a like. But if you're just like husky fat. And you get into the gym, you can be oh, a, in a in a in a year. You can look like you're a fucking power lifter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like if you look like like, like if we're talking about like a Chris Pratt type situation where like he was like kind of fat, he was pretty fat like on Parks and Rec. Yeah, but he was like husky, um, and then like got shredded for once he started doing like Jurassic Park and those action movies. Like, yeah, that's that's a little bit easier. Yeah, but like for skinny people, for like skinny people who have a hard time gaining weight, yeah, it is difficult to like. It's incredibly really hard stack that weight and keep that weight on. It takes you have to like years, you have to, you years, have to, and you have to like really constantly change the way that you eat to like intake and 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 upkeep the calories. You have to eat like, until me, you're like, sick. I, yeah, that's like essentially what has like if I don't. If I don't pay attention to like how much I'm eating, I will lose weight and muscle so fast. Same. Like I, See, I it's you're, if you're, and I don't, I don't like complaining about it because a lot of people have the opposite. Problem. Yes, like I'm on the opposite end yeah. where so I don't I, like complaining about it. But it, it's complain like something that it, all day. <laughs> it's something that you got to monitor. Hmm. Yeah, it's fucking like I feel like <clears throat> you can go from like kind of fluffy to jacked in a year or two if you're just like a skeleton and you want to be jacked, that's going to take like half a decade of like 
sticking to your diet, eating till you're fucking sick, like full and working out five days a week. Like yeah, it's a yeah, full time job say, to do that. I'll say like the process of of like reaching a like really muscular build will take longer for a skinny person than it would for a uh, uh, like a bigger person. Hundred percent. Why don't you because say you ha- you already have the you you have to acquire the the fat as or like you know the size as a small person, whereas you don't if you're bigger you can convert it what already exists. So mm-hmm. like you skip that pro- that step. Yeah. And that was talking getting in shape. <laughs> I'm inspired. I mean, we're going to get you jacked. Please. I need it. Imagine Tyler is just like a fucking absolute beast. <laughs> I'd be unstoppable. Bro. He just shows up to the Illuminati meetings. Just <laughs> <laughs> like that. The dude from behind who like rips open the door to the fast food restaurant. That's uh, that's Tyler walking into the Illuminati meetings. Tyler's just like. In the World Series parade, just like shirtless, and he looks like fucking Randy Orton. I'm telling you, I'll—I don't have to do steroids. I think we've covered that, but you know, you want to inject me with something, whatever gets me along. We're I'm what today's Thursday. I'm four days in. You talking? Doing? What are you, you don't? I'm not going to do steroids, but you, we can inject you with something. Like, what, oh you no, no, heroin before you work out. <laughs> yeah. Whatever gets me going. I'm like, I'm willing to work out, and I feel like I lose weight quick. Like, I, my weight's fluctuated my whole life, up and down like crazy. So, like. Once I get in the gym, I can do it. I'm just, man, I love fast food. Jared, get a sauna. Yes. Yeah, I've, when I was at the Bruins game, there was a guy there that, uh, that's what he does is he builds in-home saunas. And he was, I was like, how much for something like that? And he was like 150,000. And I was like, I'm just going to get my $1,500 Michael Myers. (laughs) Call it a day, dude. Yeah, I, I had um I went to um like a uh mountain house a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and there was a sauna inside and it was it fucking ruled. Do you Saunas remember, are great. Do you remember how hot it was, Pete? Like what temperature it cranked to, or was it just like set at something and you guys went in? It was like set at something, yeah. I wanna say like I mean it was over a hundred, obviously, but like it was something that was that did the job. I'll say that. And it was great after drinking. I saw Joe Rogan did it and he went at like 180 or 100. Like it was it definitely something. wasn't that high. It you was sure? Like 140. Okay. It was something. And he said when he came out, like no, he could I'm feel saying himself. Like ours, oh, okay. Yeah, ours was not like 180. It was like 130, 140, probably something like that. He was like, I could feel my throat like cooking. Like that's how hot it was in there. But like that's. I don't want that. That's how you. It's like working out without doing the work. Right. Because you just sweat. Yeah, you just sweat. It's not like working out, but like it can help you lose weight. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Noted. Mm-hmm. You know what my cardio is, Pete? Yeah, I bet it's sex. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Jared. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back next week. <clears throat> uh, Jake's takes anything? I'm still just picturing Tyler at his girlfriend's house last night when the Devers news is rolling in and he's seeing the Nightingale tweet, the passing tweet, and she's like, oh, babe, this is so big for your career. Like, what great news? And he's like, get your fucking hands off of me. (laughs) She should know better. I'm like that when I watch the Red Sox as well. Don't fucking touch me. Like, I, I just... Please don't fucking touch me. Let me watch the game. I'm an emotional mess.
You touching me is not going to get me where I need to go. <laughs> this is a common thing. God, fucking touch me. <laughs> like, oh my god. I mean, definitely on on the bad side of things. Like, it's, you know, one run game, 4 to 3, bottom of the 8th. Fucking Devers at the plate. Grounds into a double play with one out and it's like, yeah, like don't fucking talk to me. And that after that. Just like when I hear the Ness and post game, fine, taught me off, but like let, let's get to the end here. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's finish the game, please. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, a complicated man. Love you, honey. Yeah. If you're listening. Does she listen? Sometimes. Okay. I just won't mention this episode. No, she'll listen to this one probably. Not good. Not Love good you. At all. Yeah. She's great. She was great. She came to the live show and all that. Which, by the way, we, I want to do more of that. By I, the way, I don't think you mentioned, I don't know if you did last week, that like none of us are going to Winter Weekend except for... Oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I don't even think I'm like... I, I think I only have to be there on Saturday, so I, I might... Uh, I might get in Friday night, be there Saturday during the day, and then not even stay Saturday night. So I'm like crazy like that. I will say the list was actually pretty good. It was more impressive than I thought it was going to be. Like David Ortiz and basically Pedro, Pedro is going to be there. Yeah, and all the big names from this year's team. I think outside of what Devers and Sale, for the most part, Story's going to be there. Bunch of the new guys. When is that? The weekend 21st. of the twenty first. Yeah, I'll be gone. So where are you going to be? Uh, just got a little little mini vacation planned. Where the fuck are you going, dude? None of your business. Where the fuck are you going? None of your business. Is it on this Sauna? side of the country? It's on this side of the country. It's not much travel. It's just quick little weekend away. Oh, North Conway, sick. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna Storyland. Damn, that's, that's <laughs> awesome, dude. Enjoy North Conway. That's gonna be sick. Thank you. Very romantic weekend. Yeah, send me North some pics. Send me pics. Send me pics from North Conway. Will do. You going skiing? Yeah. Hot chocolate? Yep. Mm. Dean Martin? I'm more of a Frank Sinatra guy. Okay. All right. We'll enjoy North Conway. That's going to be fun. Um, all right. We'll be back next week. Tyler, any final words? Um, I love you, honey. Please right, don't break yeah, it She's me. definitely going to be pissed. But All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Buenas noches, amigos.